Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to session 23 of Storm King's Teddy. And with me as always is Kat. How you doing? Very well. How are you? Not too bad. Are you away from your mic? No, I haven't moved oh, at all. Oh, now no, there you go. Uh, it sounded uh, like it was back there in the background. So, um, yeah, I tell you what, man. I told you uh, uh, this... Uh, winter storm that they said was going to push through it went from 40 degrees to zero uh fahrenheit here in the span of four hours probably and uh, we've got 50 mile an hour wind gusts what are you doing over there yeah um come this last wednesday uh we were having a real big um, snowstorm. Well, not a big snowstorm, but it was like a wind chill just came in. And yeah, it was like, we saw blue skies, but the temperature was like zero degrees. And it just dropped within a couple hours. So my work was just like, yeah, we're not coming in tomorrow. So just have Thursday off. That's pretty awesome, though. So you went from a half day to nothing. Yeah, it was supposed to be a half day on Thursday. But they're like, yeah, um, with this this sudden cold front and everything, you know, we're supposed to get a bit, a little bit of snow and it's supposed to be below freezing. And it's just like, yeah, just, we'll just give you the day off. Well, for the record, I haven't worn a jacket yet this year, but I know right now, if I stepped outside my house, I'd have one on and it's not even the zero degrees. It's the wind with the zero degrees because I, the way they're, the way they're talking, the, wind chills down to like negative 40 something and that's not uh, that's not just uncomfortable that's dangerous <laughs> so um but uh you know the armageddon that they said was coming with uh you know eight inches of snow and all that kind of thing i knew we weren't going to get that um or i guess i didn't know but um history says that those storms are very few and far between so, uh, and we barely got a dusting of snow. Did you guys get any? Probably got about like an inch, maybe two at most. Which in your neck of the woods is uh, barely a dusting, isn't it? Yeah, it was mostly powder. I woke up the next day and I'm like, oh, we got snow. And then I went out and felt it. And it was just like, it didn't stick at all. I took a shovel to the porch in the street and it was just, it was powder. Yeah, and I have to say that on my way home yesterday, it had just started coming down, but we had the wind, and I wish I'd had a dash camera on my truck so that I could have taken a movie of the highway in front of me, because there was no snow at all stuck to the highway, but there was a good amount of snow that was just all, it was all completely shifting and moving around, it was really cool, so... um I enjoy this time of year. I know a lot of people hate the cold, but um, this is this is my time of year. So, um, yeah, we're a little few days after the fact of getting this out on me this time because um, end of year stuff at work was keeping me late. Um, so we had session twenty three on Sunday, and we are not playing. This Sunday or next Sunday or the following Sunday, right? Um, or is it just two? It's just two. It's just two. Okay. 
Well, that's good. Um, yeah, so it'll be like two and a half weeks from now until we're playing again. And we don't have uh, our other game either, right? No, that'll be um, like three, almost four weeks from now. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be in a gaming dry spell. We'll have to um, do some online gaming. I'm getting ready to hook up my Xbox. we got to find something that we can play. Um, okay, so uh, our session picked up with us heading south from our encounter with the broken-up airship Star Goddess. And... As we went south, one of the first things that we encountered was a wagon that looked like it had crashed and then been looted. And there was a rotting giant frog that had a short sword stuck in its back. Uh, It had a partially digested halfling inside of its stomach. And Portia made a roll... Uh, an investigation roll <clears throat> and hit a 22 um, and found out that the wagon was built for halflings and uh, was also likely brought here by the traveler's curse. And then uh, they were attacked by these frogs and um, one of the teenage halflings had been consumed. So, um, yeah, obviously just another reinforcement that we're kind of in a dangerous area. Um, we did find four days' worth of rations uh, and a handkerchief with a family sigil on it. Um, so it, it was, what was the family? Saralophus? Is that the way? That's the way I wrote it out to that pronounce. Sounds good enough for me okay um and then um but then we ran into a natural barrier there was a river that ran um east and west as we were trying to go south and so we didn't feel confident that we could get the rv across so we started easting again to uh find a Uh, find a spot in the river that we might be able to get across. And you want to go over the next encounter? Um, Our next encounter was um, a band of Goliaths. Um, They were just kind of chilling out, making camp. Uh, Seems like they were... um, They were just, you know, end of days travels and whatnot and they were kind of wary of us at first and you know like keeping their guard up and one of them pulled uh pulled his axe or something on us well he was he didn't pull it on us he was getting it like at the ready so like if some if stuff did go down like he was ready and then you know we had a couple cheeky comments here and there from uh winifred and he's just like hey you don't pull steel on people who are just passing by and you know, you were trying to translate for us, and it seemed like we almost got into a, an unintentional fight. Yeah, and I think that it probably would have been pretty easy to get into a fight with them because they were pretty wary of us. Uh, seven of them, right? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, they were um, described as having gray, almost granite-like skin. 
and most of them carried like great swords or great axes, war furs. Um, and while we were talking with them, one of them mentioned that um, Grandfather Storvald, um, which they call the Giants' uh, grandfathers, right? Was, mm-hmm. Wasn't that all? All the Giants were grandfathers. Mm-hmm. So that one was the Jarl of the Frost Giants. And the Goliaths were fleeing them. Um, and then also mentioned that Zerulian Death, which um, this is the second encounter that we've heard that name in, right? Yes. Um, is um, mentioned that they were flying over the sands of oh, that desert out to the west. I can't remember the way it's pronounced, but it starts with an M. Uh, um, the, um, I don't have a map up on me, so I don't know either. Um, so one of the Goliaths gave us a journal, uh, gave it to Portia, and it's a book of Goliath tattoos and what they mean. And Portia gave back, uh, like a bunch of painter supplies, um, and, uh, we got an inspiration for resolving a potential, uh, conflict without violence. Um, and then, um, we ended up since they were, uh, fleeing, uh, the, uh, oppression from this, uh, frost giant, we gave them a couple of letters, one, was to the captain of the star goddess so they could go there and uh, be picked up when the crew was picked up. But if they missed them, they could move on up to the port city. And the other letter was for uh, Belmare, who um, is supposed to be visiting that city now and again to see if we've arrived. And in either case, they should get transported to... Stormreach. Yeah, it seemed like they were um, going to look for like sanctuary um, and just get away from the Western um, civilizations of uh, Goliaths, which names escape me. But I know there was two cities or villages that Teddy mentioned um, that were on the Western side, and that they were just trying to get away from there and find um, a place to live or. Somewhere just to go other than there. And then we're like, hey, Stormreach is fairly welcoming um, to all kinds of races, you know. Um, so we're just like, yeah, you can you can go up to the Star Goddess. There's some people out there that could use some help that we just encountered. Um, and you can provide protection for them and hitch a ride back to Stormreach that way, like you said. Or if they, if they are already up and out of here, then they have a backup plan to go over to Zantashk, the where Belmare is currently. I think she's working out of Zantashk and uh, visiting frequently or semi-frequently. And so then if they see her, which now that I think about it, we didn't really describe Belmare to them. We just said, yeah, there's just this captain. I don't even know if we told him Belmare's name or not, but we are just like, yeah, go to Zantashk and here's a letter for this captain. So they might just be asking cap random captains. Oh, they're supposed to, they're supposed to be finding our ship though. Right. 
Yes, that was the end goal. But I don't know if we went into detail about. Yeah, I don't remember if we actually gave Belmare's name or not. But yeah, which oops. <laughs> but, but, we'll uh, edit that out. <laughs> Maybe Teddy won't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, okay, go ahead. But also, also during this encounter, you know, some of us gave um, gifts or exchanges of whatever um i wasn't looking for anything in return but i'm like hey if they're gonna go to Stormreach, um they might need some actual coin for like food or housing or whatever they can't just like show up and be like well now what do we do um so i gave them some gold i gave them 15 gold i don't know if that's enough i i don't understand fully understand or con grasp the concept of gold on like if 15 is gonna last them for a month or if 15 is gonna last them for five days um i i don't really know and especially with our two campaigns you know one is vastly different than the other like we have plus three weapons and gear and magical items coming out the wazoo in one and it's fairly cheap and that campaign, but granted, our DM likes magical stuff, so it's easier to come by. And then we have Teddy's campaign, where it's like six grand for plus one plate, and it's just like, oh, that's a lot. And so uh, going, and, and we make a lot less money. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, so it's a it is a it is a big swing, and both ways are completely valid to play it because when you when you're adventuring in a high magic, high money campaign then that's what your enemies have too. And when you're not, then, you know, proportionally it's usually less when you face yeah. other enemies. So it's all yeah. good. Um, I'm not saying either way is right or wrong. I'm just saying from my experience, especially coming into the indie and coming into fifth gen or fifth gen, uh, fifth edition uh, is just two vastly different play styles that I've I'm in. And I just still don't know, like is 15 a lot is 15 not enough? I guess it just depends on the setting. But regardless, I gave them 15 gold. I felt it was okay. Um, I'm thinking about it. Probably I should have given them more. But, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how much is too much. But 15 should at least get them a day or two or at least something for them to uh, to do in Stormreach. Like get a just like a barracks or, or something or food or whatever um and in return for that 15 gold they gave me like a uh, an emerald which i'm assuming is green don't know why i'm assuming it's green but um uh emerald the size of like a playing card um as a thank you and i was like well i wasn't expecting anything return i just thought you know you you, you goliaths are cool they're going to a place unknown to them i'll give them some money to help them out because i don't want to see people um hurt or struggling or whatever so that's what i got in return uh i think lars did like a group photo or a picture like he drew it out yeah that's pretty cool uh you did a meal for everyone yep um i can't remember portia did her trade her art supplies trades for the book of tattoos um and i don't think winifred did anything um I'm, I apologize if he did, and he's listening to this, and he's like, "Oh, I did do something." I'm like, "I don't know what he did. He didn't do anything." <laughs> I don't. But anyway, I, I don't remember uh, Mask doing anything either. Um, I because they were it almost seemed like they were spoiling for a fight. 
um, yeah. w- which maybe isn't accurate, um, was very concerned about the fact that one of them had pulled steel. Yeah. Um, but um, as we were kind of like deciding, before we decided, end up deciding, giving them the letters to go to the Star Goddess crew or to Belmare, um, I had the idea and I expressed this idea. Um, like I, and when I expressed it, I'm like, I don't know how the logistics are going to work, but the first thing that comes to mind is we take these Goliaths, us and these seven Goliaths, and we squat up and we go hit up that hill giant for the other quest. And like, we just tear through shit and go kill them because we're going to be big badasses. And these were like barbarian Goliaths. They weren't, they weren't like regular old. Goliaths. I don't know what a regular Goliath is, but they were barbarian Goliaths, so they were all battle hardened, ready for a fight and whatever. I'm like, let's just take this to our advantage. I'm like, let's use them. Let's go over there. Let's kill, and then that's all. That little check mark is done for our little uh, things to do list. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, we just met them, so yeah, I, I I realize we just met them, and we probably didn't build up a huge. Um, reputation with them or anything, but uh, like Teddy, I think Teddy said once is like if they get to Stormreach, you know, that's a huge win um, on our reputation for us to them. Oh, and the two cities you were talking about, uh, Darkat and Telesk, I think. I, I that yeah, that were over in the west. Yeah, I. Like I said, I don't have a map pulled up in front of me, so I can't really look at it and be like, yes, those are the two on the west. Okay, so um, we did four more days of... Oh, they were able to help us site a uh, shallow spot in the river, so we were able to cross. So we did four more days of travel. Uh, Harshtag mentioned that it was interesting uh, getting to see Goliaths this far north. Um, and we also found a dro carrying bag, a satchel, um, and looked like it was drop, uh, dropped in the, um, when they were attacked by wolves. We found some dried jerky, um, and some ceramic beads and tokens and a smooth stone with a scorpion symbol carved into it, which is a Volker symbol. Uh, fifth day of travel around the bend at the end of the Hydra, we were right kind of in the vicinity of where we thought the grandfather tree was. Um, so I was having to do survival checks every day to make sure that we weren't getting lost and that we were still heading for the grandfather tree. So Harshnag, um, is proficient in survival, so was giving me advantage and I rolled a 20, and then I also used Guidance and uh, got the maximum of a 4. So um, Teddy made it like a, as I was uh, doing the prayer, that like a a will-o'-the-wisp came out of my dagger and uh, guided us to the, the rest of the way to the grandfather tree. Uh, let's see. Um, so we ran across a very ancient road that was very overgrown and we were stopped by, uh, some dro, and, uh, one in particular that we, uh, got to see 
had a very nice bow on him. Obviously, we thought it was magical. Um, and we asked to see the grandfather tree and were basically told no. We were, uh, we couldn't, there was no service we could offer for it. It was their sacred duty to protect the location of the grandfather tree. And we, so that was enough for Keelan. I was just like, you know what? Um, I don't like York anyway. <laughs> so why would I want to invade a sacred grove and kill a bunch of people for York? What'd you think? Um, I, I don't dislike York, but he's not my favorite. Um, so I understand the group's position on how we just like, well, we tried, um, we're going to leave. Um, don't care about York. Don't care about this acorn tree. We're not going to commit war crimes or genocide over an acorn for some grumpy old dwarf that kind of likes us or kind of doesn't like us. So I understand everyone's decision. And I was, I was on that decision as well, but I would have at least like something to happen out of it. Maybe of being like a quest or something uh, like maybe not just like, Oh, go and kill this HVT in some other spots. Like maybe if you can find us this sacred artifact that was lost in time in, in like the ring of storms or something or, and, um, you know, in just some insert location here, uh, we will be willing to trade you an acorn for this sacred relic. I was kind of hoping something like that would happen, but it didn't. Um, it was like you said, it was these, um, Volkuri drow were pretty much, it was their life heritage to protect the location of the tree and any intruders from it. So I personally, and I think Tabane as well, would have felt pretty bad for murdering and massacring people's lifelong sacred duty just for an acorn, um, for a grumpy old dwarf. Um, but that being said, um, something of my own curiosity that I put on to Tabane is um, we were told that there would be dryads here. Um, and I wanted to see a dryad. And you asked to see one, but they would I, come forward. I did ask to see a dryad. I'm sitting here going like, listen, if we're out adventuring, I want to see all the things. I want to see a dragon. I want to see giants. I've seen Goliaths. I've heard I get to see different types of drow now. And it's just like, okay, there's dryads here. Like, if we're not fighting, I at least want to say I saw a dryad. So I'm like, let me see a dryad. And then I think I caught Teddy off guard by saying that. But thankfully, I had good old <laughs> Lars to come up and back me up. And he's like, you know what? I want to see a dryad too. Um, and so I'm like, come on, let me let me see a dryad. Like, I will shuck out of my armor. I'll put down my weapons. You know, I'll be um, as vulnerable as possible but i want to see a dryad and unfortunately none of the dryads wanted to come out of the woods far enough to see me and i don't think i could have gone into the woods to go see them so it's just kind of like well no acorn no dryads sad day <laughs> so uh, what they did do though because we um chose to leave them alone was offer to let us uh drink from that 
there was like a sacred pool there and that ended up giving us the benefit of a resistance cantrip um, which is uh, adding a four-sided dice to our next saving throw uh, for the next seven days so if we the first save that we have to make within the next seven days um, we'll get a, a d4 added to it um, so we left them in peace and I think that was actually a planned combat encounter what do you think Yes, absolutely. Um, spoiler alert, there was no combat this session, but if there were to be combat, it would have been the massacring of the drows for this acorn at the grandfather tree. Absolutely, 100%. I am fairly, I will stake my life on it that we were supposed to, if we went that route, that was the combat for the session. But everyone's just like, as I like to say, it was like we gave it our college try, and but we gave it less than a college try. It's like, hey, can we go see this acorn? No, okay, bye. Yeah, but and that was it. Okay, so what was the payoff? It was a bunch of money, right? Um, the payoff, and I don't remember this for a fact. Um, I don't know if it was a six-figure payout to the group or a six-figure payout to each individual person. Well, I guarantee you, if it's Yorick, it would have been to the group. If if it wasn't stated specifically that it was per person, it was for the group. <laughs> it um, most likely was for the group. But I all I remember is six figures. Whether it's to each person or the group, that's up for debate. Uh, I'm sure Teddy will message us in the Discord and say, like, it was for the group. And the other thing is, um, his track record with keeping promises so far has not impressed me. So uh, even if I had been uh, nothing but a mercenary and wanting the coin, I don't know that I would have done this because what we get back, oh, here's the acorn. Oh, okay, well... Uh, after your, all of your taxes and, you know, um, living here in storm reach and being my friend and all this other kind of crap, here's your 12 gold. <laughs> or he puts us on like a payment plan of like, you right. get a thousand gold every week. Yeah. So for every week you stay within storm reach. Yeah. That's one storm Lord. I do not care for. So I'm not big fans of any of them, but um, I so far have taken a much stronger disliking to York than maybe even than he deserves. But he just hasn't impressed me. Yeah, uh, I mean, I can understand the hate towards York. I personally, and am not giving him that much hate. Is just I don't hate any of them. Obviously, I like one more than all the rest. But the rest, I'm just like, eh, they exist. I don't hate them. I'm not going to do anything to piss them off, though. But I just, I'm not going to be like, oh, York, can't stand him. It's just like, he, he's, he's, it's just York. So I like Lady Omarin, uh, and, uh, the, but the other one that I like is, seems to be despised by the group, is the one that's in charge of the, uh, port district. And I, Maybe it's too far to say I like them. I'm not going to go over to their house for dinner or have them over to my house for dinner. But um, I guess I give them some respect because they are so unapologetically what they are. 
hey, this is a bribe for you to come work for me. That's very straightforward and to the point. Okay. <laughs> At least I know where I stand with you. So uh, I would rather I would rather deal with someone like that than um, someone who promises something in one hand and delivers something else with their other hand. Um, okay, so anyway, uh, yeah, we, we came, we saw, and then we left. Um, didn't even really get to see. Uh, we didn't get to see the grandfather tree. Um, but, uh, so then we uh, ended up continuing south. Uh, we were supposed to be finding a a sage to ask them about the Titanic relics. And when we finally got into the mountainous region where this sage was supposed to live, it was what? 500, 550 feet up. Something like that. It was, um, very tall. And there wasn't a, solid path to get there. So we had to use our mountain climbing gear. Um, and we had some, uh, almost failures all the way up. And so it slowed us down quite a bit, but we did end up making it to the monastery that was up there. And we, um, let's see. Oh, um, the big, the big distraction when we got here was that there was a tower that was flying on like a cushion of clouds, like the cloud giant fortresses we had seen dropping shock troops onto storm reach, except it was just a tower. Uh, and it's about a thousand feet up. And then there was a, a staircase formed of clouds that descended from it. Um, and into the monastery. And we saw two cloud giant women dressed in fine clothes coming down the steps and entering the monastery. Um, there were a bunch of bird people, um, I think they're, it's pronounced Arakakra, uh, that are, um, that were flying all over the place. One of them in particular, um, was described as having a vibrant blue clothing on and a bright red set of wings and some cultural markings like tattoos on her beak and that was Ashara and she welcomed us to her home and basically told us to be respectful because they hated violence there and they wouldn't put up with it so as long as we were there in peace it was fine and sent us to the largest but not the highest building and told us that when we met the sage, not to stare at, uh, not to stare at him. So we went, we went ahead and went up farther, and uh, entered. And you want to take it from there? Sure. Um, we came up into the building, and there was like a like a formal dining room um, before like a, another room. And we heard voices back there. And um, instead of just barging in and um, announcing ourselves, uh, we were told by Ashara that the, the sage was uh, had guests visiting. So, um, and that they didn't mind if we intruded on them, which I thought was a 
interesting. I'm usually, I mean, it doesn't, I don't know if it really matters or not, but you would think like if you had guests, you would want to wait and, you know, be there for them. And then once they're gone, you can and uh, give your attention to the next group of people that suddenly just walk into your monastery. Um, but yeah, they were, so um, we knocked on the door before entering and the giants were just like, oh, well, we didn't know they were giants, but we heard the voices. They're like, oh, the your guests are polite and all this stuff. And it's like, um, they, you know, giving us compliments. And then we, and then they gave us um, a chance to enter. And then you started speaking in giant to them. And they, that even impressed them even for, further. They're like, oh, like you, um, you speak um in our common tongue like not treating us like savages or whatever and so it was good that um we have giant on our side because harshnag stayed behind he wasn't going to climb that uh 500 foot stair step so it was just the just the party that came up and inside was um the two they were cloud giants right yes cloud giants um the two cloud giants with masks um uh, not our masks, or not our mask. Um, and there was a giant green. Well, I don't think it was giant, but there was a green dragon in the room, um, and they were all conversing with one another. Uh, is it Zaltaxis? Yeah, was the name of the green dragon, and that was the sage, which was in doubt for a short amount of time. But I assumed when I walked in, it was the sage because. The cloud giants were there, I, you know, speaking to the dragon, and I couldn't imagine that um, they were there just to, uh, you know, since there's not much love lost between dragons and giants, that they were there to speak with the dragon if it hadn't been the sage. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, and the, the giant females referred to the dragon as sweetness. Um, that reminds me of like Sweetums from Looney Tunes. Um, and then, um, the two women's name were, uh, Nerva and, uh, Jarl or yeah, Jarl, Jarl, not Jarl, Jarl, I think was the other one. And they said that they'd come a long way. Um, when we spoke to the sage, uh, we did it all telepathically so that the giants couldn't hear. Um, but they, um, he let us know that the Titanic relic that we have pieces of was split into six pieces. Five of the pieces were given to draconic, uh, guardians. Um, I'm going to guess one of each color. Um, and then uh, one was left to uh, the House of Colsier. and uh, But this was all done thousands of years ago. And we already had collected the Sage's piece. So um, he didn't have another piece to give us. Um, so, yeah. That's kind of what we got out of that conversation. What else? Anything? Um, I... No, Teddy just kind of opened up the opened up the floor, being like, "Hey, you got a question for the sage? 
ask it now we were getting closer to um end time at um around this point and i'm sitting here going like oh shit what the fuck do i ask a dragon um like i want to ask it something i don't want to just be like nope i'm all good how you doing great to see you like i want to ask it a question but thankfully now i got like three weeks to figure out a question which will pr- still probably not be enough time for me to figure out a question <laughs> um oh we did I'm, find out that the sage is dying yeah um and i was just about to suggest that we go back to the grandfather tree and actually bring the acorn for the dragon um but then the sage also said that he was welcoming the end so yeah um no sense in doing that now yeah so that was pretty much it um i might have a question um most likely not i don't know just depends on how much free time and creativity i have Still, as of right now, I don't know what the fuck to ask the dragon. Why don't you ask the dragon what we could possibly do to get a acorn from from that grove without killing everybody? What they might Maybe. consider fair trade. I don't, I don't know. Although, the drode seemed like it wasn't theirs to trade anyway. Yeah, and I I do remember Teddy saying, like, the... the Teddy saying, like, the... Um, can't think of the correct term terminology for it like the the harvest of the fruit tree or harvest is a bad word but that's kind of getting my point across the harvest of the grandfather tree is not theirs to give out anyways so i don't know if they use the acorns for like medicinary medicine or it's just so sacred that they're like no we couldn't possibly think of giving this to random strangers Yeah, so um, that was pretty much it, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, have anything else that you want to cover? Anything that you think's coming up? Anything that's coming up? Yep. Um, no, I think this is just kind of like a lore backstory detour we're doing with the stage, kind of like some information gathering. Um, the only thing ahead of us is the um, the pit with the Thrykeen. Yep, um, and I imagine that's going to be a pretty serious combat encounter. Yeah, I I suspect that as uh, I suspect that as well. It's going to be combat, and then we have the penultimate reason why we're out here in the first place, going up the Blue Spine Peaks for the Eye of the All Father. Yep. Um, okay, so I didn't think too much about it the last se- the previous session or the previous two sessions. I don't remember how long ago it was that we first heard the name. But this is the second session where a prominent dragon, the Zerulean Death, has been mentioned. Uh, and the first time with along with their two offspring. So I am of the opinion now that that is going to somehow f- uh, play into uh, end game, whether that's uh, end of module game or if that's end of story arc game or um that 
there's that Zerulean death is somehow tied up in all of this mess. So are you suggesting that the big bad of Act Two of Storm King's Teddy is Zerulean death? I, I I don't I don't know if that's it or if it's the. Uh, I mean, so the dragons and giants haven't gotten along for a long time. Um, dragons can shape change. Um, giants can too, evidently, because we ran into that. Um, you know, or could Zerulean death have been responsible for the uh, the death of the of the uh, queen? I mean, I don't, I don't know what the motive is, uh, other than just uh, continuing to disrupt, you know, the giants. But um, anyway, uh, it, it's just a, a a prominent dragon that has now been specifically named twice from two different um, two different sources. So it, it just makes me think that. Um, they're going to play a part somehow. Like I said, I don't know if it's like a you know a boss battle at the end of a one of the story arcs, or if it's you know goes even deeper than that. Don't know, but uh, also because I think that uh, five of these pieces were given away to dragons, and I'm guessing all of them were chromatic dragons that. Uh, oh, and we did find out you were right. It's a blue dragon, right? Uh, yeah. So, um, I'm going to say that um, if we're going to finish this artifact, that we're going to have to get the one from Zerulean Death. So, well, that's just a guess. but According... To various notes, um, thank you, Portia. Um, in Zendric, Cerulean, Zerulean, whatever, um, is in the deserts of Mencantern. Sure, I knew it started is, with an M. Which is far to the west. Um, but for a dragon, that's probably like an hour flight from <laughs> end to end of Zendrick. So it could be anywhere, but I think it's been, they've been sighted in the deserts to the West. Yes. So uh, I, it, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but for right now, I think as long as we don't fuck with the West, I think we're fine. But for all I know, you could be right. This could be the act two's uh, big bad. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know. It's just that this name suddenly popped up of a very old, very powerful dragon, which I was like, okay, that's lore. And then it came up again. I'm like, hmm, okay, first time's lore, second time is uh, something to pay attention to. That's like, um, you know, the name Hecaton isn't just lore. That's ingrained in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's why my, uh, suspicion arose, but we'll see. Um, okay. Uh, anything else we need to cover? Don't think so. No. 
Okay. Well, um, once again, appreciate you taking the time to do this. And uh, certainly, um, I know I'll speak with you before uh, the new year, but um, have a good set of holidays. Stay safe. Stay warm. Yep. All the same to you. All right, man. Well, we will talk to you later on and uh, get together about your other character, too. Yep. All right. See you later.